0: And you're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast, Season 2. This is Episode 12. Episode 12. 12-pack. 12 episode 12. Uh, punktheology.com. That's our website. Punk Theology Pub. If you search Facebook for P- Punk Theology Pub. If you're looking to connect, get in touch with us there. Send us an email. Something. We'd love to just uh, communicate. Uh, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Check it out. Here we
0: go. Give
2: it off. Don't you think it's strange that there's a way? of how you look and how you act and how you think. Well, pretend they're not the same as you.
3: And do you know about his strength and conviction? Oh how she puts on her faith in religion? Till we take the time.
0: What
1: are we talking about? Not famous. Are we? That's what That's oh, Right now? One. I don't think you're ready to hit the record button. Were oh, you ready
0: to hit the record button? <laughs> no. I just hit the record button. It's right not the different than anything normal. It's okay, no. <laughs> not everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remove
1: the show. Remove ah,
0: <laughs> the show. As you were just in mid thought, this thought was just bursting from your mind, and I hit the record button. It wasn't sharing. Good. Bursting. Do you still remember what it was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't it. Uh, anyway, this is your baby. You had an idea. What uh, was it? Let's let, go for it.
4: I'm trying to think. This is just something I've been churning on for a while. As Steve gets a beer out as of the Steve fridge. We're missing Chuck. Here. 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 Stop. <laughs> stop. Give <laughs> Derek okay. a stick. I'm going to talk about uh, <clears throat> the God of Nice. Mm. And, uh, and it's actually been really... N- Nice recently to reconnect with my mom because she. I mean, it's kind of weird, but I think the divorce and she divorced my dad in many ways was kind of helpful for because it softened a lot of things and kind of you know some reality came into her worldview on some things. Uh, but growing up, like everything had to be nice. It was almost like the Christian fantasy world where nobody ever swore, nobody said bad words, like. Like, everything had to be pristine and nice and, like, Disneyland-like happy. Um, which is, no, I'm not going to throw under the bus. It wasn't always like that. But there was always just this kind of feel right. of, like, like don't ever ruin the nice. Like, that's what we're worshiping in this household, hmm. is that things be nice. And just seeing how much of that happens in... And it came up recently on a thing you were talking about, Russ, in the thread, about... you uh, know. You know, a Christian reacting really, st- which has happened a lot of times, re- reacting really strongly to your swearing. Yeah, and it's like, like they won't even listen to you if you swear because you've broken the God of Nice. Like, like you have to be able to say it nicely. Uh, you got, everything has to be, you know, packaged up in this nice, sterile, little happy package if you're going to say anything. Uh, and they give themselves complete permission to ignore you or blow you off. If you refuse to play by the games, by the rules of the nice. Right. Uh, and it kind of ties into John's thing of uh, theodicy, right? Uh, John, would you explain theodicy a little bit?
2: Well, theodicy, in shorts the problem of evil, and it's a philosophical problem for well, a lot of faiths, a lot of theist forms of faith. But is, you know, why does evil exist? Where did it come from? If God is the uncaused first cause, well, then what about evil? Uh, how did uh, Lucifer fall in heaven? You know, if heaven's perfect, all these kind of questions. There's you
4: explained just... it a while ago about like it just being like there's this white American view of what God is like. Um, maybe that isn't theodicy. Maybe I don't know. But I, I
2: think theodicy is like like the problem of evil. But yeah, there there is that like piggybacking on what you said with your mom. Like this, Thomas Stop. Kincaid. We're
4: gonna mess. reboot. This is this is fucking <laughs> terrible. <laughs> what? Restart. What? 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 Restart. What?
0: Commence reboot
1: of the show.
4: Stand by. <laughs> Rebooting the show. when we hold onto the negative. Are you, Are you allowing negative
0: things so you in your sunshine?
4: Reboot of the show is under. Please, stand by.
0: Stand by. Rebooting the show.
3: We booted the
0: show, and uh, where were we? You don't tell them they don't know,
4: Russ. <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh, point of pride that we fuck up, things up so badly. Fuck things up that at at needs to be At the beginning, that we have to start over completely. The so, whole thing crashes. And... We're talking about the evangelical god of nice. Uh-huh. The and,
2: Thomas Kincaid painting. Right, the thom- Thomas yes, Kinkade.
4: Who was an alcoholic, by the way. <laughs> the <laughs> and, fantasy seriously. side yeah. of Christianity. Most good yeah. artists are. Uh, which, it was also briefly covered in our thing on, you know, is religion cosplay type of thing. Yeah. Um, but this idea that, that, in the Christianity that I grew up in, kind of the white, rural, separatist, like, we're going to go out and protect ourselves from the rest of the world type of thing. The basic idea was that the world, at least inside of Christianity, was pretty nice for yeah. the most part. It was pretty sheltered. Um, and then there was this idea that this is kind of normal like, this is, like things being nice and easy um, is, uh, is kind of this is baseline uh, and you know as you fall away from God that's when things get shitty <laughs> um, but that's kind of a like that can only exist in a wealthy like entitled white not I mean right now currently that only exists right now historically people's lives was shit and, uh, and the idea that, you know, things were pretty easy for the most part uh, was probably just not on most people's radar. Um, and, and that belief kind of has to be suspended a little bit. Uh, and what do you mean even, by suspended? Like there's a cost to everybody believing that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And there's rules that go along with it, right? Like, so no swearing is a big one. Uh, like nobody, like you, even if you're using it, in, you can't even say it to say what somebody else said. Yeah. Right, You have yeah. to say the F word. You can't even say fudge. Fudge, <laughs> fudge yeah. You yeah. start getting Flanders words. And, <laughs> and you know, things like sexual assault aren't even talked about. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because uh, cause that's not nice. Sweep it under that's the rug. Because nice. that's not... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Embarrassed or shamed.
0: How dare you say swear words in a thread that's talking about sexual assault. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's like, what? Right. I think this is a rated R topic. Why, why is my swear words bad?
4: And... And there's like this, and it's an exclusionary wall. Like if you don't know the rules, mm. you get kicked out. Yep. Yeah. Like you're like, and people are just waiting for you
2: to make a misstep. To make a misstep yeah.
4: to kick you
0: out. That's what I told that cat too. I said, "Hey, if you want to unfriend me, because I'm going to say more swear words." This on a this thread we had online. Yeah, this was a thread I was talking with this guy online, and, you know, a Christian guy, a guy I've been to church with, and and. Uh, and so yeah, it was like, hey, if you want to unfriend me, I totally understand. I'm not going to stop saying swear words, just so you know. And he's still my friend, so so that's he interesting. He might have just block you. Right? I have a thought on, on a couple of that gonna... though. Like, is I, I heard an interview
2: recently with Henry Rollins where he was talking about this idea of swearing. He doesn't swear in at anymore. all, like like an in, interview, <laughs> yeah, anymore <laughs> perhaps. Right. <laughs> uh, but but the reason why is is he was saying that. That the current political climate and the current social climate, the stakes are so high mm. that I don't want to give anyone an excuse to shut me out and, and not listen to me. So I just, I, so I just now play it straight and safe and hear me for my words and not for my emoting so you can't discard me or or discount me
4: punk theology is the opposite of that if you want an excuse we will (laughs) give you one but but I think there's some merit to that argument that he's making honestly well if you actually are trying to educate people and disseminate information that makes sense which we're not
3: (laughs) my my children and I had this conversation recently because they're in the middle school years uh They're becoming a little more free. It's cool to say fuck. With certain words. (laughs) And and I just explained to him. I'm like, look, like, you're going to decide how you're going to use these words.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm not going to tell you how to use them or that you can't use them. But what I will tell you is, here's the thing you need to understand about curse words in general. You have almost nothing to gain by ever using them. Yeah. No one's going to like you more. You're not going to fit in easier. You're only going to risk offending someone or pissing someone off or making someone feel really uncomfortable. Particularly you're trying to communicate something important, but even if you just use them flippantly or for fun, some people just won't like it. And so you have everything to lose and almost nothing to gain. With maybe the exception of making a point mm-hmm. emphatically, but if you're using them all the time anyway, that, that will never happen. So if you do want to ever use them in that context where they could be used to actually emphasize the degree of emotion that you feel over a topic, they can't be everyday words. They have to be reserved for that purpose.
1: Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. But at the end of the day, we went camping, and my kids were fairly free with some curse words, and their grandparents were around I'm like, look, Grandpa and Grandma don't like it. <laughs> end of story, period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had nothing to gain all, all camping trip by using it that way, Point. and you had everything to lose. It's a good
2: learning opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see your father-in-law twitch over uh, one of your daughters swimming. Though <laughs> that's just my that's just my okay. opinion. Like like as a spectator, <laughs> but, but yes for
4: them. Keep saying it. <laughs> I think you're getting through to him.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have another heart attack. Don't talk about that. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. For me, I think it's I I, I saw. Um, the only time I really saw any meaningful communication in church was in the basement in a recovery group, you know. And people were saying swear words. And it was almost like part of me was going, oh, like, we can do that. Like, that's okay. With some freedom there or something. Yeah, it's almost like we can talk as normal people without having to put on some or, or trying to keep. And in that environment, again, it's more deep. It's more emotional. People are talking about really heavy topics of things that own them and stuff, and and maybe traumas that happened to them in the past. And so, but yeah, I remember feeling almost shocked. Or when Rick or Dan I was in their office and they, you know, used a, a curse word, it's like, oh, oh, we can talk like normal human beings. There was something really freeing and open about that. So I'm like the fucked up guy in here who can't stop saying swear words and can't stop doing lots of things that are destructive, self-destructive. So to um, to, to just talk in that way felt, uh, it felt real, to be honest.
4: So my thing with the God of Nice that I've been wrestling with recently is that I spent my whole childhood hating it and mm. fighting against it. Like I'm trying to find every opportunity to beat into it a little bit and break it down and bug people and kind of get under people's skin. Uh, but at the same time, like, I also really like it. Like there's definitely, I mean, it's, it's nice when things are nice, right? Mm-hmm. Like that wholesomeness thing. Like it's great when everybody gets along and everything's smooth and, and nobody's pissed off and, and Nobody likes assholes. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a type. No, some people love assholes. Nobody likes assholes. (laughs) Uh, And and so coming to that place of I don't know, like I could get it. Like I get it. I can see how and I can see how that would kind of be slippery. Where you end up in this place where it becomes a
0: social norm. Right. Can be destructive.
4: Right. But then and and then but you know you push reality out more and more and more and more and then eventually. Uh, people start getting hurt because there's just no ties to things that actually... Because bad shit happens and you're not allowed to talk about bad shit at a yeah. certain point because that ruins... Do you feel that's kind of,
0: that's kind of like a subconscious, though? It's almost like you're not told that. Nobody says, hey, don't share your struggles and hurts and, and abuses with us because we don't want to hear it. Like, no one would ever say that, but I think it's it's almost implied, I think they right? say it with their body language.
4: Yeah. Like, watch yeah. somebody bring something like that up and watch the rest of the room shuffle around, like, ugh, uh. like... Or, some, you know, somebody just... They won't say anything, but they'll change the subject super fucking fast mm. or hijack the conversation away from you. Yeah. Or, yeah, so... So, nobody would flat out say that, but I think they say it pretty f- loud mm-hmm. uh, in general.
2: Um so about the theodicy thing which we touched on before we hit record and just i think you alluded to it briefly but um a, a really interesting book that was written by bart Ehrman, who's a new testament scholar former evangelical princeton educated he's an expert in greek language in the new testament he's an interesting guy but i mean he, t- he he had a loss of faith and he's a fairly known agnostic um but you know in, in his book i mean he And just, I mean, he actually talks about a lot in lectures and in interviews I've heard with him. But is, you know, he's a professor and he gets these kids in. A lot of them are Christians. um, And they have what you're talking about, Derek, that that rose colored Thomas Kincaid esque sort of Christianity they grew up with. And they have the benefit of enjoying that because of where they live. It's, you live (laughs) in North America. So, of course, you can enjoy the fruits of the Spirit and all this and, and God's so good. Well, but the fact is, and This is the theodicy thing that was the straw that broke his proverbial camel's back for his faith was was theodicy. The problem of evil is, you know, nature is, is rooted in tooth and claw and throughout all history and throughout the whole world. Life's been fucking brutal. I mean, it's just been brutal. It's still brutal in a lot of places in the world. Mm -hmm. And and when you educate young people about that reality, they don't know what to do with it because it doesn't fit that god of nice that you're talking about. Um, It's just, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to... When you think about history and time and space and you have the vantage point of a North American, a middle-class, upper-middle-class North American, you can embrace the god of nice, but in other places, that's not even a, a thought. It's a very... As a
1: as a attending church Christian, I think the the screw up we've made or the is and I grew up in this God of Nice where if you did this and you did that then this will happen. But I knew so many people that played by that rule. They did this, they did that, and then fuck happened. Mm -hmm. And that's when their faith crashed because they were taught this God of Nice existed. Or, brother, there must be some unconfessed sin in your life. It's you. It's God, it's you. God
2: has a plan.
1: Yeah. He's got a plan. I don't if know. What it mean, is, if, it's, 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 if it's, if it's oh. a shitstorm, yeah. it's unconfessed sin. Yeah. If your car breaks down, if you're getting constantly yeah. sick, if your water heater blows up, brother, is there some unconfessed sin in your life? Yeah, Do you need yeah, to come yeah. to the Lord? Do you need to come to the altar of faith and confess this sin? Because God will set things straight. Well, fuck it. He doesn't. <laughs> you still get beat. You still get the uh, 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 shit beat out of you by your brother. Well, no, all well, things work Job, together though. for good for those who. <laughs> well, that's Job. That's all.
0: That's why I love the book of Job because that's Job's friends, right? Yes, they come to comfort him. Chris it's God, die. Die. so? Well, no, there's some people that will quote those verses in Job like it's like it's that's what you're supposed to do. No, Job's friends were assholes. You know, they're going. What's your sin? You must not have. You know, what did you do wrong that all this shit's happening to you? It must be your fault. Right. right? That's constantly what Job gets from his religious thought. To be fair,
2: I, I, to, to be fair, I, I think there's some intellectual honesty if you look at the whole of the Bible, because it, right. it has both sides. Right. So sometimes it gives an explanation for it, and other times it doesn't. Or if you get something to say, I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
1: uh, I think about this
3: issue kind of historically, because you had mentioned this about how, you know, in general, history has been very rough, and in that view um, tribalism holds a, a really strong purpose mm-hmm. and and historically I believe that what happened was you had this um, you had kind of coming out of the Victorian era where people were kind of rebelling against the first big wave of affluency that occurred for broad spans of people um, in a long time and out of that came this um, culture where you didn't talk about things directly. And so even the, the, the ugliness of the world was held at bay by uh, indirect speech and, and references and just generally accepting that we don't talk about the ugly parts because we don't have to and, right. and, and whatnot. And then you move from that into the horrors of the early 20th century and you deal with World War One and Two, and then the God of Nice was born in that 50s right. idyllic era uh, that we call idyllic now. Well. Or think, uh, yeah, yeah, where, you know, we have post-World War II. We have people who are sick of the absolute brutality and trauma and our entire nation was engaged in that to one degree or another. And so we just didn't <clears> want to <throat> deal with that shit anymore. <laughs> we were still carrying it as an entire country of... And so, we tried to recover from that, and that's where that got a nice was born out of. That's where the baby boomers grew up, and then they were our parents, and then they passed that on to us because that's what they were raised with. Right. And I think the reality is, yeah, there's some there's some ugliness about it that you that you see. um, but it, it it didn't happen in a vacuum. And I don't even think it's necessarily super Christian-based. I think that Christians kind of held on to it because they equated it to godliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice. It was and nice. It and it was nice. nice. And you could nice. market it. <laughs> yeah. But we also get the privilege of enjoying that because we live in a really affluent time when we don't have to worry about <clears throat>
0: much. We, we, we worry about really stupid things. <laughs> I think that we, we, what you're bringing up you know, it was something I, I've learned and it, it's been helpful in my life is gratitude. You know, and you think about World War II was pretty horrific for a lot of people, and World War One. So maybe some of that was birthed out of more of a, a grateful, the war's over, you know, the baby boom, let's have lots of sex. <laughs> and, and, or it was and just
3: Country full of fucked up people with PTSD. <laughs> right.
0: And they're all just this trying to get along is, so they no, all just really get your
3: like everything's fine. You're just painting that same idyllic picture. No, there was an entire country full of fucked up people with
0: PTSD, dude. Right. they right. weren't getting any help. Plus there's well, volume. I think getting out of that situation has helped too. Like there's there's people that have studied uh, PTSD in the sense that like we don't we we don't know what it's like to come back from Vietnam, for example. And they were they were doing a there was a study that was done with rats I, I've talked about that before the rat city study but they said that we don't well we're not rats humans aren't rats but um, when humans are put in a more healthy social environment and brought out of something like Vietnam they tend to have got off the heroin almost everyone in fucking Vietnam was using heroin they got a medipack came with morphine and everyone was using the morphine not just because their body got shot. They were using it to escape the horrors of war. Most of them, when they came back, didn't need you know, recovery like we do now. Um, so, so it's interesting that that changed. right? What, what changed? That they weren't in that situation. They come back to their families. Yeah, some of them were probably pretty fucked up, but right. they also had that sense of gratitude in their social environment where, hey, I'm not being shot at anymore. I'm with my family I'm with my friends, or bowling, or whatever. Um, and sure, there was another, there was a percentage of folks who needed help. Um, but I guess that's my, my, the good part is gratitude, but that's maybe where the God of nice took hold and took root. And then it became the social norm where we just don't talk about the negative stuff because, well, you know, God, you're not being grateful, right? You're not counting your blessings. And then that becomes the social sin. Does that make sense? I'm unclear as to your, your view as to what changed, though, with the PTSD. Well, it's like a, it's like a pendulum swing, for example. Yeah. So PTSD, no, no, the, the, rat, the rat part. Because I, I agree with you. Historically,
2: they, they, they came back, and it wasn't as prevalent as it seems to be now. Yeah, yeah.
4: And they didn't have or, massive amounts of rehab. Or,
0: correct. Or, or, yeah. yeah. So yeah.
4: why is it such a problem now?
0: I think here's – I'll give you – One quick (laughs) synopsis of this. This is my theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was asking. I think that we've, and I just had a guy in the car, so I'm an Uber driver, and I was talking with this guy, and he got in the front seat, and I was talking, we started talking about addiction. And he goes, (laughs) and he goes, you know, he goes, I never suffered with alcoholism or drug addiction or anything like that. He says, but look at me. And I go, what? And the guy's like, maybe 300 pounds, right? He goes, I struggle with food. Mm. He goes, I fucking eat too much. And, and it's over and over again. It's diet after diet. It's failure after failure. Struggle. And he goes, I live in a culture where it's a different kind of suffering, he said. He said, if you go back a couple hundred years, people had to go fucking kill their food. Right. Or the marketplace was, you know, maybe a ship came in from South America once a month and brought some really good food. Now there's just fucking good food everywhere all the time, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can self-medicate. In that way, from my job, from the stresses of a family, from all this... It was a really cool, candid conversation with this guy. But I think he brought up a good point in the fact that there is a kind of suffering today just because we're, again, entitled, right? We have everything at our fingertips all the time. But sex is another one. Like the average the average 15-year-old can see more naked females in an hour than his grandfather could in his lifetime. Yeah. Right? And so now we're, we're growing up in this culture where millennials aren't having sex because they're having sex with their hand. And um, their phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so so it's, just, it's, just, it's just a different layer of suffering that we're going through today. But we kind of put that on ourselves as human beings, don't we? It's almost like a, an id thing. Like we have to fucking fuck ourselves somehow to keep... <laughs> To keep it interesting, I don't know. No, I, I yeah, uh, this, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you got something. We about. gotta have a war, in other words, <laughs> so we can all have something to be grateful for. We
4: haven't got, uh, uh, that's no. horrible. Yeah. well not a fun war. Just, <laughs> a war that the populace right. agrees on. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's, we need uh, a. It'll like war. We need, war. War. We
2: need war, of
0: war. War, yeah. war of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Yeah. It's yeah. more yeah. of a video game. Okay an war. alien invasion. Yeah. Exactly. There you go.
4: I think, Russia you have a good point in that. Like. It just, escape is an option mm-hmm. now. Whoa. And mm-hmm. it used to, like, you either dealt with it or you died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you dealt with your, the sh- trauma and you dealt with <laughs> the real shit and you dealt with the heavy stuff or you died. And now the option is you just limp along in a fog for 35 or 40 years. That's totally viable. Or 60. You years. can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really fucking easy. And actually, there's a huge number of markets that are just dedicated to helping you limp along and ignore all the shit that you're carrying along yeah. with you. Like, we, we won't lift your baggage, but we can make you not remember that it's there at least for an hour at a time, as long as you keep plunking nickels into the machine. Well, isn't,
2: isn't one pushback to that, to both of what you guys are saying, is the uh, sort of stereotype of the conservative World War II vet, baby boomer, or, uh, 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 I'm sorry, great generation um, person that... You know, you people whine too much, you bitch too much, you go to therapy too much, you're just obsessed with dealing with your shit. I started the beach of Normandy, you know, like I came home and I worked a job, I sold tires, or whatever it is that they did where where now yes we we do have we are entitled and and we do have instant gratification and entertainment, but but I, I hear some of those people say That we're almost obsessed too much on the other side with dealing with our shit because we're in a psychology, antidepressants, and, you know, metaphysical, spiritual, blah, blah. It's like, you know, just live your life, go to church, raise a family, and shut up and pay your taxes, you know. That's what my grandpa did, except he was an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Are they stuffing it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or are they just stuffing yeah, it? Up? Yeah. <laughs> it was just a big
3: dick. I'm asking. All of his grandkids couldn't stand him. But because, okay, wait though.
2: <laughs> but, but, here, but here's my question. I don't disagree that, that they're stuffing it. But is it uh, because there wasn't the freedom to air the grief or to mm. deal with their okay. shit that it was easier for them to suppress it maybe?
4: Well, yeah, they sit and bitch about it. I don't envy their life at all. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just not talking I'm, about That's it. I'm just saying I do lie. They sit and bitch about all the antidepressants they take while they're on their fifth glass of whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't take fucking antidepressants. <laughs> that you slush I'm just drunk as fuck all the time. <laughs> yeah, a drunk uncle. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah.
3: Let's not forget the pre-Prohibition drinking rates. Like the amount of alcohol that was consumed.
4: Historically high. P- Nobody has ever. Prohibition
3: tried. did not succeed. At actually passing because of like crazy convicted moralists right. it was passed because desperate women wanted their men back right. <laughs> so with Derek's god of nice and
2: I, I mentioned Thomas Kincaid that's kind of like what comes in my head he was an interesting controversial figure I thought his art was shit personally but <laughs> or if you call it art but you know uh, it was nice
0: it yeah was, well it, it was, was really catchy, nice.
2: reproductive where, like, you it made me feel good. <laughs> <productive>. but, <laughs> it
4: you made me, see me see feel warm. Easily reproduced.
2: <laughs> but uh, it, it was reported following autopsy that he died of acute intoxication from alcohol and diazepine. He was 54 years old. So he died after a night of binge drinking mm-hmm. and popping diazepine, uh, taking Xanax. And isn't that the truth behind the veneer of? you know, the god of, of nice. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I, I just think it's just no. a picture of what it, it right. looks like. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely, yeah. It's an interesting it's a, story. It's
0: that shallow Christianity, though. I, th- I think that's what I really learned in recovery groups is the
4: cross is not nice. The cross isn't fucking nice. Who is it that said wearing a cross around your neck is like the modern equivalent of wearing an electric <laughs> chair, chair around your yeah. Yeah. neck? It yeah. totally is. Yeah. It, is. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah, Except the like most brutal electric chair you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, like electric chair is like fucking putting a dog to sleep compared to what they used to do, and we don't talk about it. Yeah. Well, Mark used to talk about. Well, it Mark a lot. You know, on Good Friday. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Make it feel really shitty. Yeah. yeah. A, God hates hey, That's a pretty prevalent topic in most yeah. churches. <laughs> Remember that Jim Caviezel movie? Yeah. yeah. It became a thing. <laughs> I feel like that was like a turn of the millennium.
1: Yeah, because it wasn't thing a thing when I grew up. up.
4: What's up? Well, talking the about cross.
1: how awful, how the awful cross the cross, how awful your sin is. Yeah. We had a cross hanging up behind. The that was box. your
2: pre-Calvinist mm-hmm.
1: days, probably. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now in my post. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a friend who followed the God of Nice all up till her marriage. She saved herself because that's what you did in the church. Never had sex. Got married. This is what I do. I did a now I've done B, so now I should have C. And her husband left her. Yeah. So she's walked away from the faith. Because she was built, her faith was built on a foundation that wasn't true.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's, I think, the God of nice. That's not a true God. Yeah. As, as we said, read the Old Testament. You want to, that's, not a God, that's not a nice God. No. It's like, he it says, Aslan it says in the, in the Chronicles of Ardia, they asked, is he, is he safe? No, hell no, he's not safe. But he's good. That's the truth. That's the place you got to come in, in. In your in your faith, and I'm not gonna. You can't force someone to come to that conclusion. I just wonder, what's the foundation of your faith? Is it the God of Nice? Because I grew up in the God of Nice, and that's what fell apart for me. Well, and I've, I've
2: touched on it before for myself, and it's actually a source of of a lot of my sort of. I, I think midlife uh, angst and mm-hmm. depression is is sort of losing the god of nice, as it were. I mean, yeah. I, I I lost a god of nice and kind of was a Calvinist god, but still a god of nice in that kind of Tim Keller esque way of thinking about it. But but um but having this view that. That God is, is, uh, has the numbers, uh, the, the the hairs on my head numbered, he's my very present help in trouble, and he'll command his angels concerning me. And you know, all, all this kind of stuff that, that gets pumped into your head at a young age where you kind of want that comfort and that mm-hmm. security, mm-hmm. and you're kind of glumming onto it, and it's giving you some peace, and and you kind of have some security and some trust in it. And then when it collapses, like, like for me, my story was I, I started studying. Uh, Eastern Christianity, and, and that's the trajectory I, I, I went. But but if I'm honest, it it never really, and to this day, it doesn't really sound like, quote, good news to me. Because historically, the way Christianity was taught and the way I think it's supposed to be, it's the way I think the mystics think of it, is um, not that so much god saves you or delivers you but rather god is in it with you that's that's the gospel isn't that it that would be good news well yeah but 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 but, 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 but when you're are when you're indoctrinated to think that god rescues you and saves you okay that sounds good oh but the truth is oh god doesn't rescue me or save me he just sits in it with me well what the fuck? Like you're not <laughs> saving me from this. Like like you're just in this misery with me? Is that supposed to So here's a shit sandwich. But I'll <laughs> sit next to you while you eat it. A little bit. A little bit. And and, and to be fair, that is Christianity. That's what Christianity was. Always like meant to be. That's the way it was always seen for 20 centuries in the East to, to this day. That's the way a lot of uh, Catholic mystics think of it. It is more honest. It's definitely more honest. But if I'm honest, though, it's it doesn't. It, it's not very American. <laughs> no, it's, it's not very American. and It's not just, very Western. It, I don't find a lot of comfort in it right. because it, it is. It's like I'll here's a shit sandwich and I'll 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 sit with you and help you eat it. Like but,
4: so. Here's but, here's a question. How come some people are able to make the God of Nice? Work for so much longer than other people. I've
2: been okay. I have a couple friends on Facebook, like like a a couple guys I grew up with or whatever. A guy in high school, a guy from junior high school, and I am just flabbergasted that they that
0: they it still works for them. Like I don't get it. Does
2: it though? I think for some people it does. I think for
0: some people people just share their highlight reel on social media. I think that that's a good metaphor for a lot of religious people. But even no, (laughs) I know them. Yeah, but, it, it does but they're not sharing t- 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 with you. They're really well, hurt and struggle until they, make, they hit forty or fifty, and, and then they can't hold that all that shit, shit in them. the box anymore, and it starts leaking. No, because they hit I, I know people older than that.
3: Yeah, like, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't yeah. work. And maybe it part of it I think is their life actually
4: doesn't get that bad. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Some people, I've seen some people whose life is really, really fucking bad, and they're still well, there. It's a cognitive boiling water thing. It's a cognitive. If it's a slow grind and you're just.
3: It slogging be. it out—that's one thing. If you hit like really crazy batshit trauma, I think that can wake you up out of it. Yeah, but...
4: I don't know. Yeah. I got some
3: stories of some friends. And, yeah, they, 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 because because that's what they have, Literally. and if they lose
2: it, right, but, what what's going to happen to them? Because yeah, they're afraid to let go.
4: I suppose I suppose they need to have something really bad happen and a safe place to go and talk about it. Because if they don't have anybody else to kind of give them that yeah. alternate perspective and be safe with somebody and say like you know maybe this god isn't working like you think it is and that's okay and let's talk oh, about it, yeah. then maybe they would never snap out of it. Or
2: or is it maybe it's just enough to have a, a certain level of cognitive dissonance where the, the 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 platitude Bible verses and the the motivational sermon and the vineyard hill song worship music is enough to just kind of emotionally charge you enough just for another week to just keep going with your autistic kid and your, uh, you know, your, your bills that you can't pay and, and all this shit that's happening. That's,
4: like, so I had a... We had a... Probably about a year ago community group thing where I basically kind of came out to the group and told <laughs> them all this shit I was dealing with. I wish I was there. And it was... The question of, like, why do you, wanna, why do you go to church came up. And we are discussing this, and one of the ladies says, to get fed. And that, like, made me no. sick to my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I bet you she, she was sincere. Yes, she was very sincere. Like, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean? Exactly. It means get fucking brainwashed into thinking think that. Feel good that your head in heroin yeah, was like, it means it do it you know Feel yeah. good. Yeah. Did you yeah. ask her
1: yeah. what it means? I did. What was her response? She didn't. <laughs> There's no answer. Yeah. Because that's the thing we're fed that. <laughs> to believe something and, and we throw back cliches that mean Nothing. There's no background on it. That's what I love about you guys. Is you challenge say, me on your mama on the Christian cliches I was grown, I was raised
2: in. Endorphins, serotonin, dopamine.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's all there for me. <laughs> what drives us? My story is is uh, similar. I guess I got. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, my story is similar, where <laughs> <laughs> what the? we got two talking sticks now. Oh. Like you were saying, so my 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 first kind of faith deconstruct was before I met you and Derek uh, at Mars Hill, and it was it was my my addictions to things that weren't chemical, you know. So i worked really hard to get over my chemical romances with with amphetamine addiction, for example. Like that was really difficult for me. Um, I had a white knuckle through some nights. Uh, so, so I kind of came to this conclusion that the right Christian God that I had picked with all my wisdom had saved me from that stuff. But I was still struggling with other, you know, behaviors that controlled me, and I didn't control them. And that was what was more annoying about it, like the sex thing, for example. You know, people go, "Oh, well, you're, you know, just you're a Christian guy, and you're you're going against your own morals." It wasn't so much that; it was my own body warring against me in my behavior, you know. I'm cheating on my fucking wife. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I And there was points where I would rather die than have that exposed to the world, you know. And so, for me, I think my my Christian faith today, where I land with it, because I, you know, I'm, I'm bristling up against something you said about, about the God of nice and the God of, you know, I heard all that shit too, that he's going to, he's there in the time of trouble and he's, you know, God's right there, or that painting. I remember there was this church I used to, when I was selling pizza, I used to go in there, and they had the painting of the guy who's like he's passing out, but Jesus is holding him up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh fuck that guy. <laughs> or the or the or the fucking footsteps in the sand, you know, kind of thing. I remember uh, I remember seeing somebody at an apartment just had that up against a dumpster. And I, and I remember walking by it and moving my foot through it. It was a dumpster anyway. And it was glass. It just crashed. And I'm like, yes. There's something that felt really good about that. But my honest faith is the point where in the, in the struggle, in the hurt, in the suffering, yeah, God's there. Um, for me, I matter. I matter through that fucking shit. Like, my life matters. Who I love matters. Um, I'm not alone, there's and there's a love energy in there somewhere that saved me, to use those fucking words, from this idea that I should just fucking off myself and make everyone else happier, you know, Be- and that wasn't true, and there was something in me, you know, I, I talk about that little voice in the back of my head, when I was about ready to kill myself that said, just give it another day, you know, just give it another day. Um, I matter enough in this world to, to, to I don't know not, not I have to work at it or do something but, but love matters I matter, you matter People matter. Right? Well, and I, I don't know, and I don't know what the, what that has to do with theology to no, this extent, but the, but it defines love in a way where God, with all the power in the fucking universe, who could have just annihilated everyone in the, in one fell swoop, went to the cross like instead. He did
2: with the dinosaurs,
0: right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you did with the dinosaurs, went to the cross instead. It's like, oh, you guys want to be right? All right. Well, to to your point, Russ, and it, it, it's valid, and and I was
2: emoting a little bit with some of my struggles, but uh, that, that's the other side to sort of that that mystic view is is um, I, I think that we often look at to God out there, you know, God's out there, God's some yeah. nebulous uh-huh. thing out there. Yeah. But like part of that mystical experience is encountering God within, like Christ yeah. within, the spirit
0: within. Exactly.
2: And that's where some of that
0: same shit from. to me that I can't communicate right. on a podcast right. or in a book or on some sermon stage or some bullshit. Like, that was said to me. And I cannot ever communicate that to no. the rest of the world. And that shit's real. it's real. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, it
2: happened to me. Like, holy shit. And what I'm bristling up against with, with my story, and it's, it's not one of, like, like recovery. And I'm not trying to correct no, your no, story. I'm just saying that no. that's where I went. No, yeah. It. We're just talking. But, but is, uh, th- th- there's a part of me that entitled American youth group boy. Yeah. Okay. Where, where that, those arrows were just flung in my heart. Uh-huh. Th- that, entit- that, that, that entitled American youth group boy yeah. just wants to be taken care of and wants yeah. that god of nice. And that's yeah. gone. And yeah, I fucking right. miss it, yeah. you know, sometimes, if yeah. I'm honest.
0: Like, because y- you miss that comfort. He's that not security. fucking Spider Man or Superman. I gotta run in and save the day when you're getting the shit beat out of you on the playground. Nope, he's getting the shit beat out of him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, <so>. Thank you. <laughs> Something about wanting that, though, I mean, I, I'm, with, I'm with you about that, John, and you've said it too, Derek. Like, yeah, it. Everything being nice is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's that entitled aspect. I think I, I grew up with that. where And I think that was programmed in through the Christian upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I thought things would be nice. If you just do everything right in your life, it's going to be nice. Um, but where I veer from where you were at is that when shit wasn't nice, and it wasn't nice for a really long time, all those things my mom told me about God and that he would be there or that he was there in the end or that he told me anything just never happened. And I still think that there's a lot of people who go through Christianity pretending it does and it's working enough. But for a lot of people, you're going to go through that and that's a nice story and I've heard other people tell it. But there's a whole lot of people where that's not the other side. Yeah. They don't have any words at the end of it.
1: Right.
3: They didn't hear anything from
0: God. I didn't. But you have strength. You have your kids. You have your family. You still lost them. Almost
3: lost them, too.
0: Right. But you didn't. And you're here. And how much of that... Yeah,
3: and, and absolutely through the entire time, I lost all conviction that God existed.
0: Right. And maybe you had to do
3: that. And that's great. That's why no, I... Like. I did have to. That, that, right. Like, that was definitely it. <laughs> that's right. That's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, you keep talking defining <laughs>
0: perennially like it's going
3: to come back around. But I don't know if it's going to come back around. It.
0: But I think you define you're defining love by the way you live your life, Arthur. Like I see you with your kids. I mean, you you guys are well, yes, super compassionate. Kind of with love, love is, those, is you're great, way more
1: compassionate than most Christians I know. So what would you say if I said you've impacted my Christian walk more than any other man I've ever been around? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <The> fuck off. <laughs>
2: Okay, what? And, and you, and we, that's true though. We we we've talked about this before, Arthur. But but you know, even just for people that might be listening, thinking that our banter's interesting, I don't know why. But, but like, <laughs> like, like, what? You, you know, cause we we talk a lot. But I mean, just for the sake of conversation, what would you say to a guy like me or a guy like Derek, who maybe were grieving the loss of our God of Nice? Like, what did that? what is there just like a vacuum for you? How did you get through it? Well, what? pearls of wisdom are are there to move forward
3: with some hope or maybe some sanity. Uh, I think that socially niceness makes society better. (laughs) I think for real relationships, nice is bullshit and you either love (laughs) or you don't. (laughs) Amen. Um, So so nice among people I really care about, fuck that shit. But if I'm going to be truly loving and kind, then I'll do that. But I'm not just going to put up decorum around people I really care about nice
4: I think nice is good when you degrade it to like a Greek level god like mm. one of many Zeus. right instead of the Christian god of nice it's the yeah it's the Greek god of nice where you worship it when it's kind of there and it's it's that month of Nice. Oh,
3: maybe it's like the demigod where they, they had sex with a human. Right. It's like halfway between like we we have created that yeah. God.
4: It's the Hercules. Her- yeah. Hercules of Nice instead of the <laughs> almighty God of Nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, because...
0: Like love is God. Nice is I think modern Christianity is some God. some Greek fucking Zeus on the on the thing with it. I mean that's modern Christianity. Really, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the, the cross has has no room for nice. And what we've adopted is some Greek version of, of you know, Zeus and Poseidon. It's bullshit. But it's, it sells. <laughs> you know, it sells. In a consumeristic culture, we brand our churches to get people in the door with whatever brand is on this church sign out there, or the name of the church, or the denomination, whatever it is, so that we can pull people into our version of the Greek, what you just said, that Greek, Hercules, or this one has Hercules. That one has Poseidon. This one has where is it pragmatically?
4: <laughs> <Exactly>. mm-hmm. <laughs> where is the god of nice pragmatically? Yeah, yeah, if yeah.
1: if it if
3: that's where it belongs as a lesser god, um, what does that mean to you? Where do you employ it?
4: I'm still churning through that because I still have so much anger against that god. Uh, but ideally, it's a thing where I can, when it presents itself, I can enjoy it without letting my emotional trauma ruin it for me. I think that's ideally what would happen. Or oh this is nice and I'm not gonna sit and oral against it.
1: Your
3: kids. What 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 version of nice, what degree of deity to the word to to nice the concept of nice are you teaching your kids? That's
4: interesting. Because my kids are very different when it comes to nice. Uh, my daughter does not like. N- she's like me. Like, like she likes pulling the pants down on nice. Like <laughs> giving nice a Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh, everybody in the room thinks this is nice. Let me <laughs> twist this a little bit and show you how it's actually fucking awful. Like, <laughs> so honestly, for her, I think it would be more teaching her not have to compulsively do that, not compulsively pantsing nice, and just. Relaxing into and, and letting things be nice for a little while. Don't yuck the yum of yes, the evangelicals. They're right. <laughs> and then my son would be the opposite because he loves nice things and will go out of his way to make sure everything is nice and neat. And he probably needs some gentle pantsing here and there.
3: They might help each other. Right, yeah. If they can
4: drive they each apart. other apart. Yeah, they'll find some, some of that balance. Um, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, parenting them... Looks kind of the opposite from and and I struggle in general with my son a little bit more than my daughter because because he's naturally more like my wife who uh, who likes nice things and my compulsivity is to put a little crack in that <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but but yeah so so it, they're both good for me but yeah that's kind of what well, I'm what talking. if we went back to the
0: apocalypse. Conversation, right? Like maybe this has to do a little bit with apocalypse. Like you appreciate apocalypse, your daughter appreciates apocalypse. I appreciate apocalypse, which means, you know, you break that word down. It means it's simply pulling the lid off and exposing <laughs> what's underneath. And some people, they're just not ready to have the lid pulled off yet. You know, so that language in the Matrix, where just some people aren't ready to be unplugged. It would ruin their whole life,
4: and yeah. arguably ruin everybody's
0: life that wasn't.
4: <laughs> that was kind of Cypher's point, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because
0: maybe a bad analogy, but you get know what I'm saying, right? right? So, so maybe like you're saying with your son, to to love him is to let him have the lid on for a while, and when it's proper, when it's the right time, right? No, let's pull the lid off this and show you. But what the challenge, yeah, it's, it's a hard balance
4: because I yeah. I met lots of kids that were stuck in the world of nice by the parents. Up until 16, 17, 18 and then they left the house yeah. and then they world fucking <laughs> <laughs> kicked him in the nuts. yeah 'Cause cause they were not ready for reality. Uh, so yeah, it's a hard line to walk. I wanna
3: hear uh where nice belongs from the nicest guy in the room.
0: <laughs> Wait, yeah, you, you were meant Speaking to give that to me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <dude>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
4: You. Give me a minute. Mm-hmm. I think a nice person wouldn't have said that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> no, like, going to Arthur's point, Touché. I think
4: that maybe it's a skill that
0: you have socially, because I think that you're good at being able to to keep nice and 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 to pull the lid off when you need to pull the lid off. Yeah. Maybe it goes to age or wisdom, but I've, I've seen you in social groups with people. People gravitate to, towards you. Even if they still have the lid on and the frosting, they really like frosting. They still like Steve, where they don't necessarily like me. <laughs> Let me
3: rephrase it this way,
0: and I'll ask a specific question.
3: Then you can come in on that. Yeah, you talked before about how you struggled with anger.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Did that bottle up because the world of nice? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, because you had
3: to keep it together. Yeah. You had to keep it. Yeah. The...
1: It was all an image. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, this this gal have been reconnected with from after 30 years uh, I'm pulling that mask down that she saw of me then and she goes you seem so much more at peace now Mm -hmm. I go because honestly it's like the Harry Chapin song uh, taxi I finally like myself my wife said about our weekend and I told her about getting stoned that night, Whoa. and she goes, "Why?" She goes, "Why are you doing this now?" And I got high on that Saturday night. She says, "Why didn't you do this in your 20s? And I said, "Because I felt so guilty in the church."
2: That was the first weekend you'd you ever smoked cannabis. The first
1: weekend oh. I'd ever smoked cannabis. First time weekend I ever got high. And she said, "Why now?" Because I finally am free enough that I yeah. like myself, that I don't, I'm not living up to some expectation. All right. And that's, I think, the thing is that I can live in both worlds because I've been in that world, but I'm in this world, that world of the God of nice. But I know that that God of nice is a false image. Well, now, th- to, there was an interesting...
2: I It probably didn't mean much to you. Maybe you just said it in passing. I think Derek and I actually talked about it. Um, you talked about your experience with cannabis, and one of your takeaways from it is I, I was amazed I woke up the next day, and I, I didn't feel... Uh, like hungover, mm-hmm. and so you know, I, I drink alcohol. So you know, sometimes maybe I don't know. I wake up mm-hmm. with a headache, or I've woken up with a headache before. Historically, not like you have a problem with it or whatever. But yeah, headaches can happen with poor hydration, alcohol consumption, whatever. But it, but but in your words, there and you know, is this expectation of there's there's like there's got to be some kind of penalty or something punitive mm-hmm. for feeling good or for enjoying myself. And I was really surprised when it wasn't there with
1: cannabis. It, yeah. you know, I mean, those weren't your words, but that's that, No, how we that's heard your exactly words. right. And that, that's the God of nice that's crashed. And, but I can live yeah. in that world because yeah. I know the people that can't. Right. And they, I think that lid is there. And I want to be there so they can lift it and say, hey, it's okay.
2: And you can have a good time and not and feel have, bad or, exactly. or be punished
1: for and it And I or think that's, that's the struggle mm-hmm. my wife has. How can you do that as the God of nice? I said, I'm thinking in my head, okay, you follow this God of nice, and what has it done for you? Your health is, is in a shit storm. Your job is falling at the wayside.
2: You don't feel free.
1: But you don't feel free. Yeah. I said, and that's why I want to be in that place. And I think that's the place is I hope that guys in particular feel safe, that they can be in both worlds. Nice for me is just accepting people where they are, regardless, and not judging them. I can't understand your... I don't know what you're dealing with. with. There. I don't know what you've walked
4: through. And what you're talking about in that. People that really worship the God of nice, one, are not nice people. And two, don't actually have nice lives. Often they have really terrible lives. Yeah. But they're still absolutely dedicated to this God of nice. They're trying to will it into existence. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's working against them.
1: And for me, and that's why I so, it, it so enjoyed our, our relationship as it's developed, is because you've challenged that God of nice in me. And that God of nice, he's gone.
0: Yeah.
1: But I'm still following that Jesus. I don't consider myself a Christian. I consider myself a Christ follower because that is not nice. Because that destroyed the church at that time. We did, you talk, talk?
3: did you get triggered?
1: No, not at all. No, because...
2: I, I think it's beautiful why would I get triggered I, one thought I, 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 I had as, as you were talking is uh, is like that veneer you know that you talk about um, or the, the pretense uh, one of the conversations I enjoyed listening to just you know in, in different maybe podcasts or, or blogs or, or social media or when former clergy or, or ministry or, or pastoral types talk about the pretense where they talk about how much they were pretending they they kept this up this front and and inside this is what really was going on I Mm. love that stuff I remember actually asking Arthur you know because he was a PCA deacon we were friends but you know I suspect both of us had a fair amount of like uh, pretense in our friendship although you know it it was what it was at the time and probably as deep as it could be at the time but, but I remember asking you Arthur like so what kind of shit were you dealing with was it just pretense and were you just pretending and your response was something like, no, I was actually really that good. <laughs> 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 Which I thought, was, I thought that was cool too, because I, I think that was sincere, but... It was. So sadly was. <laughs> 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 That's all right, though. That's all right, because it, it can't work for a time, I guess. And some people, I, 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 saw, I believed so hard for a while.
0: <laughs> I, I, I saw this little documentary on YouTube about the origin of the story of Pinocchio. And it, it has a lot to do with this conversation because it seems like Geppetto worshipped the god of Nice, and he made this wooden boy. And if he could, the, the, it, but the origin of the story is really dark. Like the guy who originally wrote that story probably hated himself, right? I mean, he would, he would, he would prop up this. He would do this weekly thing, and he would send it out. And they finally fired him because in, at one point. He had taken Pinocchio and buried him in a hole and lit him on fire, right? And they were like, "No, this is supposed to be like a children's story. Like you can't write that. You need to clean this up a little bit." But I think what he was doing, and it's a lot of what religious people do. Paul Young touched on some of this too, when he said, um, "If if I could fake it enough, maybe I could make the real the wooden boy real. Mm-hmm. You know? know, if I could if I could just put him enough emotional care." And, and 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 effort and work into this little wooden boy that he would be a real boy, you know. Right. And the facts are, is you got to go to that place of of smoking weed with your friends, like right? When well, you're sixty two years old for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> the part of the story where he really fucks up and Geppetto's, you know, like you're gonna love him anyway, you know, are you
1: gonna love him anyway? Because that's where you've impacted me more, as I've seen the love. This will tear me up.
0: He's getting a Oh,
1: that's good. I've seen the love you extended to all of us. I've seen more love from you than I've seen in a lot of people in the church. That's what, how you've impacted me. I see God in you. Because you love. And now God, it's not rules. It's not buildings. It's not, it's love. You know what Paul dealt with in, in 1 Corinthians 13? I don't... I'll rephrase it. I don't really fucking care what you do. If you don't love, you got fucking nothing. <laughs> and you got everything Arthur, right because you love in a way that I, most of the church doesn't. That's how you've impacted me more. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Beautiful. That's good, I don't know how
0: to respond to that. <laughs> That's a great place to land the plane, I Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm going to...
0: pilots can you fly this plane and land it surely you can't be serious i am serious and
4: don't call me surely
2: thanks for listening to punk theology don't forget to subscribe like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound please leave a review on itunes stitcher tune in radio or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't it out!
3: Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue.
0: God is ready to fill your life with good things.
2: He wants to keep you young and strong, Are you allowing negative things in your
0: container? For the love of everything sacred and holy, would you please shut your yapper? That's a huge bitch.